Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. 903 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Uh, You can join us, too, at 512-836-0590. And these wildfires, just horrific out there. It's terrible. It's terrible. What was it? 1.2 million? We're up to now. Acres burned. That's right. And uh, bigger... Far bigger now in the state of Rhode Island. Absolutely. Now listen, if you got friends and family out that way, or maybe you got business out that way, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you could jump in here at 512-836-0590 here on the Todd and Oz Show. And what do you make of the visit to the border yesterday with uh, the former president in Eagle Pass, where real activity is happening, and, uh, and Joe Biden going to Brownsville, Texas, where nothing's happening? Well, it was pretty clear who was actually going uh, to... to you know where it mattered, uh, and 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 I think that's a, a loud message as well. Joe Biden, yeah, he's he's at the border in Brownsville, where over the past few days prior to his uh, arrival, there had been forty six illegal crossings, as opposed to more than two thousand there in Eagle pa- in Eagle Pass. The two men, obviously, on the campaign trail, they've got reasons to be there. Uh, but I think Joe Biden did absolutely nothing but show up down there, briefly talk about the border, pivot on to climate change, and then point his finger at Republicans. Now, uh, in that regards to the uh, the border crisis, uh, one of the uh, state's new laws called SB4, uh, approved and signed by the governor, of course, has now been temporarily blocked by an Austin judge. U.S. District Judge David Ezra issued a preliminary injunction blocking the law from being enforced as a court battle plays out. The law would make it a crime to illegally enter Texas from Mexico, allowing local police to to arrest migrants and judges to deport them. Texas Governor Greg Abbott. The goal of Senate Bill 4 is to stop the tidal wave of illegal entry into Texas. The U.S. DOJ and the ACLU fought it in court. ACLU attorney David Donati. It is the state of Texas usurping a power that belongs to the United States. It will invite racial profiling. Yeah. That's a uh, newsman Chris Fox reporting. Uh, it's uh, you know the uh, the attorney general's filing an appeal. Yeah, this could be uh, this could take uh, go all the way to the state supreme court and then the supreme court. I do expect it to. Uh, this is I, the judge didn't seem very sympathetic to this, and uh, I, I I could see it facing a lot more challenge before you know before it would ever possibly be fully rolled out in yeah. Texas. I think I I think it may get knocked down. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I think in the end, it probably won't stand. Well, jump in here at 512-836-0590 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Listen, uh, it's come to our attention via X. Uh, it's a tweet that I just shared at Todd Jeffries, and it uh, it's from Sarah Fields. Mm. I don't know who she is. I've never met her or anything, but uh, she tweeted something out about uh, a middle school. The hallways of, uh, is it Selly Middle School? S-C-E-L-E? Uh, yeah, either or maybe Seal. Seal is it, it Seal? It, it may be that. Yeah. I, I'm just not quite sure how they pronounce it, but it is in Flugerville yes. ISD. It's yes. a middle school, and uh, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, she's taken a picture of some of the art that is hanging in the hallways of the school, and I'll be honest with you: if you look at the wall and look at the art, if this art was in your kid's room, you should seek a therapist because this wall of art 
looks like the wall of confusion. It looks like a child with mental health issues. It looks like a red flag to me. Well, uh, on multiple fronts. Yeah, red flag because the, the kids are, are, are writing this stuff, but also red flag because someone is putting this stuff in their heads. Gotta kids, be. Kids don't care about this activist crap. No. Especially when they're in elementary school, and that's all this stuff is. Yeah, this is this is pretty amazing, uh, and this is in the Pflugerville ISD. Maybe some folks are listening can explain this, but in one picture you see a bunch of, uh, you know, kind of the white poster board with whatever art they want to put on it. Right. And uh, one says, my body, my choice. Elementary school kid. Uh, stop self-harm. Uh, BLM. Mm. Uh, ban guns. Mm. Uh, things like that. And this is big. And, and a lot of the pictures look like they have a lot of blood on them. It looks very dark and scary, actually. It looks weird and strange to me. Have you seen this? Yes, and it is, it's, it's very disturbing and, and very telling as, as to the direction in which our young children are being guided. These are ch young children, and, and, and it appears that our young children, and, and listen, my kids are grown. Maybe some people that have uh, younger kids can explain some of this, but it appears that our young children, elementary and middle school, are facing some serious mental health issues. Yeah. Behavioral issues, thought issues. They're so confused. And and why the hell would these teachers make these kids think in such a negative, downtrodden way? It seems demonic to me yeah. to put this kind of garbage in a young person's head. Well, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a long way away from the, you know, uh, tongue depressors with, with uh, cotton balls making Santa... Uh, you know, at Christmas time, long or, time, yeah. Or tracing your hand and making a turkey on construction paper, right? Th th we've fallen very far because now we want our elementary age kids to be activists. There was nothing on that wall about uh, academic achievement or, or, or informational posters; just a bunch of indoctrination. I've shared this on uh, my Twitter feed at Todd Jeffries, and, and you could weigh in yourself. And yeah, what up, uh, Flugerville ISD? What's this? Yeah. That, this, that's concerning. This does not look like progress. This looks like failure. That's Those are pictures of failure right there in the classroom. Abject regression right there. Those kids can't read and write. Well, those kids can't read and write on par. They, yeah, probably, you're right. Not on par, but they can, they can certainly read or write what they are told to read or write by their activist teachers, apparently. Because kids, well, you know, some of this may be coming from the home, too. But either that's, that's no better. Because at the end of the day, if you're in fourth grade, you think you really care about my body, my choice? This is disgusting. Of course you don't. This is this you is know what that means. This is really sad. Uh, one uh, one response uh, on my feed at Todd Jeffries says, "This is what they did in China during Mao's Cultural Revolution." Oh, well, uh, there's a lot of Maoist, a lot of Maoist stuff out there these days. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, you do, you don't see anything about uh, their favorite sports team, or uh, you know, uh, you know, some of the things that kids you two have in your mind that they would draw, right? Yeah. Even even some as symbols like puppy dogs and horses and stuff like that, mountains. If one kid had these images in a spiral, it would be a red flag of mental illness. Well, it, it should be, but given the current climate in which we find ourselves, I think if you found uh, the average school found a spiral with that kind of stuff in it, they'd say, "Oh, cool, all right, he's he's learning, he's getting it." Yeah. Let me squeeze in Hank real quick. He's uh, Hank. Good morning. Hey, good morning. So yeah. I'm not sure that the stuff's coming directly from the school. I do think there's a lot of influence there from what's coming out of the household. Well, it, it's, it, it may not be the influence coming from the household, but it may be a household that's just not aware of what's happening at school. 
I disagree. Well, maybe. I think some of those ideas, some of those ideas and a lot of those thoughts, that, that's coming out of mom and dad's opinion. You think so? And they're being taught that. You got to see how many pictures there are here. Hank, how long you been in the teaching profession? 15 years. That's what I thought, yeah. You don't, think this, you don't think this would come from the classroom teachers at all? I think that there could have been an assignment, and the kiddos came home talking about the assignment, and mom and dad said, hey, here's a chance for you to express X, Y, and Z. And it, no, and, right, and, mom, right, dad, yeah. I've got it. So why didn't the teachers correct the parents? I don't think that's the business of teachers correcting parents. I agree. I agree 100%. But you're saying that the teachers are not responsible for any of this, these assignments and this art. You say it's all the parents. Uh, no, I'm saying that they decided this would be a good idea to yeah. do the art project. Hank, Hank I'll be and honest with you, friend. I, I appreciate you calling in, and I, and I do respect your opinion. But you have made a great case for school vouchers. Absolutely, and I'm sick and tired of everybody telling me we're going to get them, and we don't. Yeah. Because we got boys in West Texas screaming, our schools aren't going to get enough money. Shut up. Welcome back. 916 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Let's, uh, let's go to Pflugerville and Michelle. Michelle, good morning. What's on your mind? So, excuse me, I'm fighting allergies. Um, so I had a son that went there... Um, last year, and I have a son going in this coming year. So we we were actually there the other night and saw all of these posters and uh, was ready to pull my son out of public school right then and there. Um, I, when I mentioned it to my older son, he had said that the the art teacher that's there is extremely liberal and you know like the whole woke. And a um, couple of the of the parents and I were guessing that. This was an assignment given, and they were given topics um, because it's multiples of the same topics. And it was it was literally like all the way down the wall as you walked into the school. Describe for folks listening about this middle school in Pflugerville and the art that you saw on the wall, and what, what bothered you the most? I think it, it seemed like it was more of kind of like these are your topics that you can you can do art on it wasn't hey we're gonna learn you know shading or depth perception it 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 didn't seem like they were actually learning anything it was like i mean it was obvious it was total like agendas being pushed because yeah. <clears throat> it, it wasn't just like i mean you can kind of see in the pictures it wasn't just a handful of pictures it literally was two to three rows all the way down the entry wall, um, probably 40 or so, maybe 50 different paintings um, all the way down this wall, like right as you walked in. And what? it was, um, we, we were having the parent night, so all of the incoming sixth graders <clears throat> were there to, you know, talk with the principal and the counselors, which... Uh, the counselor that spoke also wasn't very encouraging. I was kind of glad that my son is not one of the letters that she will be working with. But um, it, 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 there, there's been some issues like before at that school, but not near as bad as some of um, some of the other ones. The, the principal had always been kind of good about trying to nip things in the butt. Um, 
but I'm not sure exactly where the disconnect happened on these art projects. What do you, what do you think overall about it? Because to me, it appears that this art teacher is focused on the negatives of the world, and she's hell-bent on pumping that into young heads. Making, I mean, just think about the, just the dark feeling you had as you were walking down that hall. And none of it looked uplifting at all. There was nothing about no. academic achievements. No. It was, it no, was a bunch of, not. in each one of the posters I saw, looks like one of those typical third rail agenda items. It appears that this Pflugerville Middle School is, is more concerned about teaching kids how to be social justice warriors and protesters and agitators and not really preparing them for the real world. That's clearly what they're learning, at least in this classroom. Michelle, what do you think? No, I, I agree. And, you know, my, my sister does a lot of art. Um, my niece does a lot of art. And it's, you know, I mean, they're, you know, painting sceneries. They're painting, you know, animals. You know, even when they're painting, like, their emotions or drawing their emotions and stuff, it, it's, like, it's not agenda-based. You know, and, and to think that, you know, a middle schooler is, you know, they're so hell-bent on all of these different agendas that they that the whole class decided to paint these i i completely disagree with that Absolutely. i think this was completely led by the art teacher 100% and yeah. you know the just the and, and the sad thing is is that yes this one was you know, is the one that's been all over the all over the news, but this is happening in a lot of schools. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Feeding feeding your children with a bunch of negative thoughts, and and, and I bring yeah. I bring this up, Michelle. Thank you for checking in this morning at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. I would think that a child, not all, but some of those children that are faced with that kind of indoctrination every day, are probably miserable kids, probably a little blue. Probably a little depressed, right? Most likely. And in fact, there's a story this morning about the growing wave of young people that need therapy and drugs yeah. just to survive in the classroom. Yeah, there's a uh, it's a, a gal by the name of uh, Abigail Schreier. She was on Brian Kilmeade, uh, and uh, she's an author talking about how parents have been over-treating their children with therapy, and they've helped foster a generation of fearful, helpless kids. Uh, she And she's basically talks about the risks associated with showering your kids with unnecessary therapy, how it really doesn't have the effect you're expecting in the long run. She says, nobody's gotten more therapy than this rising generation. No one's had more psych meds. No one's, no one's had more talk about feelings. No one's had more therapeutic parenting and therapeutic intervention in school, social, emotional learning. And you know what? It's not doing them any good. In fact, she says, I'd argue it's counterproductive. It's making them worse. She says, uh, despite more access to therapy, the number of people suffering from disorders and, and struggles has absolutely not gone down. And in fact, I think we could argue it's probably gone way up. Uh, and so, you know, she says a lot of these people are probably well-intentioned. Uh, but when you look at the fact that nobody's gotten more mental health intervention or more diagnoses, uh, we, we have a real problem. 42% of these, these kids have a mental health diagnosis now. 42%. 42%. They've been in treatment now for an entire generation. And, you know, the, the, she says the self-focus, the feelings focus, the dependence on mental health experts, the parents have to raise their kids. It's absolutely not helping. And I would agree 100 percent. I, I mean, we, we see the results of this. And, it's been, you know, and it started years ago. I blame Democrats for that. Do you? I do. Uh, well, I, they certainly I do. I do because Democrats run public schools. They do. The progressives run public schools. They do. And those kids are in public schools. Let me think about this. You, you've, you've got. Kids out there who feel like they, they have genuine post-traumatic stress disorder 
if they break up with a girlfriend or boyfriend in, in middle or high school. Like, they, I, I have genuine PTSD. No, you don't. No, you don't. You have no idea what PTSD is. You have a moment of sadness. Yes, we, and we've all been there. And moments of sadness pass. That's right. That's right. But you have a generation, uh, everything from, from menu anxiety to PTSD over getting broken up with. and, and your, your, your public schools are creating a wave of zombie kids. Zombie kids who are terrified of their own shadows. Yeah, yeah, zombie kids that are medicated and are afraid of their shadow. And I, I think the, 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 the point I think she's trying to get is, is therapy is, in and of itself, is not a bad thing. Over-therapy is, is what's really helped, I think, has, has been extremely detrimental. There, there is a limit. You know, this whole thing of just share all your feelings. And you see these TikTok videos, these, these young kids, they'll just like, they'll do the most, they'll just start screaming in public, you know, in, in emotion and screaming and crying. It's like, well, you, you know, there, there are, there's a limit. There's a limit. You know, be an adult. Don't be a, a toddler. 924, uh, jump in here at 512-836-0590. I bet there's some parents listening. You guys don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, they can think yeah, that maybe if they so. want. Uh, we're, we're just reporting the increase in the numbers. And they'll, and they'll go ahead and they'll keep over, you know, giving, giving too much uh, over support, which sounds odd, I know. But sometimes you got to let a kid touch that stove and find out how hot it really is. You can tell them all day long. One texter pointed it out this way. One texter at 512-836-0590 says, marginalize, medicate, and indoctrinate. Yeah, all of, all of the above. All of the above. All right, 924, you could jump in here, uh, yeah, and, uh, and let us know uh, what you think about this. And um, it's tragic, really. Yeah. I mean, it's all the- why, are, why, is the, why, are the, why is that Pflugerville Middle School teaching kids about BLM and things like that when they, when, when they can't read and write on par? I guarantee you that middle school has a problem of kids that are behind because of what we did to them during the pandemic. Probably. Well, and, and clearly the focus uh, is is on things that, that really young, young kids should never really be burdened. I mean, you know, America is corrupt. My body, my choice. Stop Asian hate. Black Lives Matter. These are all coming out of the school. It, it, and, and then they also have a cell phone that they look at. Yeah. It's not surprising that our young people are seeking therapy and drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's America's future. And, you know, uh, on the surface, I mean, yeah, fine. You want to, you know, you, messages of, of love and not hate, that's fine on the surface. But this is clearly being pushed with an agenda. No doubt. And, and uh, this is not what I think a lot of parents want, why they're sending their kids to school. Maybe some do. Maybe some, are pre- maybe, you know, I'm sure there's some left-leaning parents. Say, well, that's fine. If you want to keep sending your kids to public schools, go right ahead. Yeah. Uh, Deborah is on I-35 this morning. Hey, Deborah. Hi, Todd Nas. I love your show. Thank, Thank you, Deborah. Deborah. Thank you. So last night I was watching a, a YouTube video between Jordan Peterson and uh, a woman who wrote the book on parents taking their children back away from these terrible women in these public schools and elsewhere. It's not just public schools. That's in all the institutions where your feelings become the absolute most important thing you do all day. Do you know, guys, that the more you check in with your feelings, the more de- depressed and anxious you get? Yes. Yeah, I do. Can men, can men lead us, please, to, yeah. you know, higher ground? Can the women and the men work together to save these children? Because, frankly, I am a woman, as you can tell, that uh, it is not helpful to treat all children to be afraid of trauma. Yeah. You're right. Okay? Yeah, you're right. So we need more men. And you guys are great examples, both of you. As I listen to you over the years, I've known you both for years. You're good examples of what it means 
to lead. Yeah. Thank you for doing it. And you know, Thank you for speaking up about it. Go you ahead, know, Todd. You know, Deborah. I mean, think about high school boys today. What a great time to be a strong man. As a young man, you know That's what right. I mean. What a great time to st- to, to be the standout on campus. Far less a young man that days. a young man that pushes back on the bullies, makes good That's grades. Is, is there to be a yes. sheepdog? Exactly. So I think we're go- we're going to see a wave of young men who are going to stand up because women want men. If women didn't want men, we would all be lesbians. But we need men. Far. Yeah. Okay? Yes. We need men. Thanks, you guys. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Deborah. Love you, Deborah. Good and grief. Thank Woo! you so much. Couldn't agree more with her. Man, oh, man. Oh, boy. Good grief. I'm all fluttered now. Yeah. Huh. Am I blushing? Yeah, a little bit. 931 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Yeah, you can join us at 512-836-059. Let's go to uh, Andy. He's on 183 this morning. Andy, what's on your mind? Hey, you know, our schools <clears throat> really don't believe parents uh, are, are the authority in, in a child's life. It's like Hillary Clinton, it takes a village. They, they believe that their understanding of humanity and what the child needs is better than our understanding as the parent of that child. Furthermore, they think the direction that they can give our child and are going to give our child are more important for that child to accept than any views we may have. And so the result of that is they undermine parental authority in the home. And this is an intentional act, and and it results in in, uh, a kid not knowing who they can trust. Yeah, I mean, how can you not trust your parents to give you good guidance? You, You hit it right there, Andy. You hit it right there. That's the ultimate goal. Break up the family. Everything the left does destroys the family unit. That's right, because that is that is the most effective means of governance in human history. Yeah, from high taxes that make uh, make it tough to make ends meet, mm-hmm. to uh, the indoctrination of your kids. Yeah, it's all designed parents, to break parents, up the family. Yep. And parents should be very angry about this because they are not their children; they are our children. They yeah. don't love our children. That's right. We love our children. That's right. They don't have our children's best interest at heart. Mm-mm. We do. And uh, and we should be very angry about this usurpation of our authority in our own home and the governance and direction we give to our children. We should be very upset with that. Yeah. So spot on, Andy. Thanks. Thank you, man. Appreciate you checking in. Uh, Robert in South Austin. Good morning. Good morning. I just had a quote for you, so people understand where public education is coming from. It was from John Dewey, who invented the Dewey Decimal System for mm-hmm. libraries and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said at the first meeting of the National Organization of Teachers in 1896 that the purpose of government-funded public education was to establish, maintain, and support a semi-literate class of people to do menial work. And I told the PTA when I pulled my kids out of out of public school that they would, my kids would be more than happy to hire their kids someday. Yeah. Good point, man. I I hear you. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. You know, I hear you, man. It is uh, nine thirty four. Uh, jump in here at five one two eight three six zero five nine. Just a quick follow up here. You know, you you mentioned that uh, this was uh, tweeted out by uh, Sarah Fields, who's uh, I guess she's with Coalition Texas and uh, uh, state delegate and precinct chair, but for the Republican Party, I think. But she's she's on that same thread. She's got a little video here, and she and she actually tags Ken Paxton, and she says, I'm pretty certain this is election engineering. Or, uh, uh, election engineering, yeah. She says, 
This is on a child's school-issued Chromebook. The Republican National Committee side is blocked. What? The Democrat site is not. And on this, she goes and she clicks the button, and boom, there it pops up. This site has been blocked by the administrator. Wow. So this is on the same thread as the one of, of the middle school with the pictures. So I'm, I'm going to assume this is a, a school-issued Chromebook from uh, that middle school in the Pflugerville district, which, which would further paint the picture of, of indoctrination going on in our public schools and uh, at least one, if not uh, uh, countless other liberal activist teachers in the classroom with them. Wow. Bearing stuff in their head and keeping them from seeing certain things on computers. If that's true. I mean, if that's, that's true, right. That's interesting, yeah. Listen, uh, in the past month, the uh, Travis County District Attorney candidate, Jeremy Silistine, he has raised and spent $1.2 million. You've seen the TV ads. It's yeah. the race to be the next district attorney in Travis County. Uh, Jose Garza is the very progressive, left-leaning, anti-cop DA that we currently have. Uh, there is uh, Daniel Betts. He's running as a Republican, but uh, this is a very left-leaning Democrat city, right? It Austin, is. Texas. It Good is. luck to Daniel Betts. We should get him on the show soon. Uh, Jeremy Silverstein is getting a lot of talk in, you know, on the streets after spending $1.25 million. Uh, he's a prosecutor that turned defense attorney. Uh, seen as a long shot candidate as he entered the race, and um, his, his most recent campaign finance report indicates he's built a significant momentum in recent months, and uh, and and is hoping that this translates into uh, votes come election day. It's a deeply blue county, according to the statesman, and whoever wins the Democratic primary will almost certainly become the Travis County District Attorney. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much a lock at that point. Yeah, Celestine's uh, February the twenty sixth campaign finance reports indicated he had. $1.265 million. Uh, D.A. Garza, he had about $204,000. And remember, he got that big cash infusion uh, from the George Soros Open Source Society uh, during the last time to win. $500,000. He better call his buddy George and get some more money because he's getting trounced by Jeremy in the fundraising right now. Yeah. And, and you know, the, there was that letter that came out a week or two ago, sitting members of the council, former members of council, others, you know, demanding that Jeremy Silistine give back any money from Republican donors. They don't like it when the game is played the way they play it. Most of uh, Jeremy Silistine's money, well, let me back up. Let me correct myself. Uh, a large chunk of the money that he has uh, received to, 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 you know, to campaign has come from the estates of family members that have died as a result of a criminal being left out on bond. <laughs> well, you know, you got to get justice somehow. Yeah. You're not going to get it from Jose Garza. Yeah. Almost ever. Uh, jump in here, 512-836-0590. Yeah, you got to get rid of uh, D.A. Garza. You got to. Everybody listening, even Democrats agree with me, right? Uh, yeah, this is actually, it's, it's interesting to see that in Travis County, of all places, uh, Jeremy Silestine, who is, he is he himself is a Democrat, is actually finding bipartisan support. Republicans and Democrats actually... It tells you a lot that in Travis County, you got a, a, a DA who is so bad, who is so horrible at his job, that he has united Republicans and Democrats in what, arguably the bluest county in the state. Yes. Uh, Daniel Lebetsky, he's, uh, he's an entrepreneur, businessman. I think you've seen him on uh, Shark Tank a couple of times. He's actually tweeted out a, a, a very impressive uh, a tweet just last week, along with some research as to why you should vote against uh, DA Garza. And he highlights some specific examples about the, you know, the rise of rampant crime, things like that. And, and here are some of the examples. Garza let Santos Celos Flores, who was awaiting trial for participating in the gang rape of a 13-year-old girl, out on a $40 bond. 
that right there alone is worthy to uh, vote for somebody else. Absolutely. That right there alone. That that right there alone, I feel like, is enough for you to be ousted as the district attorney. So uh, Santos uh, Celos Flores, he gets out of jail. Uh, he participated allegedly in the rape, gang rape of a 13-year-old girl out on a $40 bond. And while out on bond, Celos Flores molested, molested two more young girls, allegedly. Of course he did. Because they, they can't be rehabilitated. Right. But, uh, but Garza didn't care. Just did that one story alone. Yeah. Just that one story alone is enough to vote this guy out. Uh, here's another example. Hilario Adrian's bond was lowered to just $1 after Garza failed to bring the aggravated assault case to a grand jury on time. See, that's how he horribly runs uh, the DA's office. Just can't get anything done. Not to mention he's got this progressive mindset of restorative justice and no bail. Mm. Anyway, uh, hard, hard, uh, Hilario Andrews' bond lowered to $1. $1. Shortly after his release... He brutally attacked an innocent bystander downtown, stabbed somebody to death. I remember that. We talked about it on the show. This this guy, and this poor guy that died in, in downtown. You need more? You need another reason why to vote against D.A. Garza? How about Richard Williams brutally raping his ex-girlfriend at knife point for two hours, strangling and beating her near death? Garza was cut a, a deferred adjudication plea deal with uh, Williams, meaning that he was released after 90 days in prison with nothing on his record. Yeah. Where are the women of Austin, Texas, speaking out against this district attorney? Crickets? I mean, really, they, they, they certainly are not out there in mass marching against this district attorney, who clearly does not have their best interests at heart. Garza released uh, Deidrani and Reese, who was charged with the uh, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. He pistol-whipped a woman. He let him out on a personal uh, recognizance bond, meaning... You, you get out, you promise to come back for your trial. Yeah, because a guy that pistol whips somebody, you, you can trust him to come back. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, just weeks after that release, Reese committed the uh, committed a murder in the same house where he pistol whipped a woman. I wonder if it was the same woman he pistol whipped that he ended up murdering. It would make sense that he would do that. Garza let him out to finish the job, right, I guess. Right. Is that what it is? Yeah. Man. This is shocking, man. How about this one? Uh, when uh, when Garza took office, Garza abolished uh, the DA division that sorted out cases. You got to sort through the cases because some of them get uh, left behind and forgotten. You get pushed, moved to the bottom of the file. And, and some of these cases do need to be thrown out. Mm, some sure. of them do. Sure. There may not be enough evidence in some situations. But right now, there are 7,000 unindicted felony crimes uh, cases that are just sitting there. And they haven't been processed. 7,000 felony cases. Can you imagine how frustrating that is to police that are going to have to go out and make a dangerous felony stop on someone? Yeah. Yeah. Could be anybody. And think of the work, whether it's Jeremy Silistein or, or Daniel Betts. You know, if one of them knocks Garza out, I, I think about uh, all the work that's in front of them to clear this backlog that he's created. I don't remember the guy's name, but you remember the homeless man that stabbed that, uh, that cop at the HEB? Yeah. He was a Bastrop deputy, right, who was working yeah. security as in uniform at that age. He just showed up to work and was attacked. Right. That guy had been out on a PR bond. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, obviously, Garza made it clear in 2019 when he was running that we're going to get rid of ca the, the bail, you know, we're going to reform the whole thing. And ex it's exactly what he's done. And in the process, guys like, you know, the one that stabbed the deputy or, the, or any number of these other people that, that got out, you know, were able to go and pray some more while, while, while of course, they were... Uh, Expected to come back eventually to court for that PR bond to answer to that. We haven't even talked about Lynn Isaac. 
You've seen the videos of Lynn Isaac. Uh, those are the TV commercials. That woman that was attacked, uh, suffered a broken leg, solved her own crime, even found other victims of this ne'er-do-well that attacked her. Very powerful video. And uh, shocked to learn that the attacker got out on probation with no jail time and no electronic monitoring. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this, this, is, this is restorative justice right here. This is, this is uh, he told you who he was in 2019. A lot of you voted for him anyway, and now here we are. So we, we have to fix it. I think our, this is arguably the most important local election we've had in years. LaShonda Lemons. She was beaten so badly by her partner, she'd lost the baby that was in her belly. Yeah, the DA's office got the case, lowered the charge from aggravated assault to a lesser offense, gave him deferred adjudication, a punishment that allows him to walk freely without any conviction. Lemons completely objected to this. Should have, I should have tagged him with a murder charge on top of that for killing the baby. 948, let's go to uh, Trey uh, checking in on the Todd and I show this morning. Hey, Trey, what's Good on morning, your mind? Guys. Yes, sir. Uh, you stole my thunder a little bit about that DA uh, or the, you know, DA Garza letting out that guy uh, who stabbed the deputy. I actually uh, have worked some scenes with that deputy before out in Bastrop. And when you do a deep dive into the guy that actually stabbed him, he's done this exact same thing several times was pled down it looks like this is his first serious offense yeah. it was not and so this whole dei push this whole you know no bail all of this what no one is saying is they're actually the left are declaring war on the law abiding people and their soldiers are criminal to keep out yeah to tear at the fabric of this society and that's what no one is saying somehow on the left they equate innocent people getting murdered by uh, criminals who might have might have had a, a you know a raw deal at some point they equate that to uh, equity. I mean uh, that that's exactly what's going on. Well, you know the, these communities, these law-abiding communities, you know they've had their way for a long time. It's it's time for them to experience some pain. Yeah. That is exactly what is going on. Yeah. There's no way that you could justify letting out that girl that got murdered in Baltimore. She was a tech executive in Baltimore. Mm. That woman got murdered by a guy who did eight years for rape and murder of a child. He was arrested in 2015, got out in uh, 2023, and promptly murdered someone. <laughs> the people who let him out, the fact that they are not uh, criminally liable for that, that's what needs to change. Once, once DAs um, who let out uh, murderers and they actually go on to uh, continue to commit crime, once those people are civilly liable, you will see all this stop. All of it. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Boys. Yeah, thank you. You're talking about uh, the, the Bastrop deputy, Luke Warner. Is that that was his name? Am, am I right? That's that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. The they, guy who stabbed him had assaulted, and one woman, he, he, like, really assaulted, like, hardcore and robbed her. That got pled down. And so th this is the issue with pleading down is that you, you never are able to take a deep dive into, the, into the, the criminal behavior that they've had up to now. So imagine stabbing a deputy in the neck twice, putting him in critical condition, and then being able to walk out of the jail a few days later with no bond whatsoever. That's not justice. That. that is not no. justice at all. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for checking in, Trey. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, as we're on the topic of the district attorney and Jose Garza, actually, uh, a little news out of uh, out of the Javier Ambler, uh, the the manslaughter trial, which is being tried in Travis County. Uh, Tony Plohetsky, Williamson County. No, it's Travis County. Oh, it's in Travis. It's Travis County. County. Okay. 
And, uh, ju- and uh, Tony Pulaski with the Statesman is t- tweeting out, a judge in the trial of Javier Ambler has cited multiple violations of state and federal law by prosecutors regarding evidence and is now considering what the penalties for the state will be. Doug O'Connell and uh, the, the defense team for the uh, former Williams County deputies on tri- uh, trial for manslaughter argued earlier uh, in the trial that the prosecutors, DA's office, failed to... Uh, Failed to, to with uh, put forth the evidence. They withheld that evidence. Javier Ambler had a, an active warrant out for his arrest that night. Yeah. So here's just yet another piece of uh, shows piece of the puzzle showing that Jose Garza is horrible for public safety, and he's not getting anything done. And he's this is not the first time we've heard allegations that yeah. he's tried to skirt state and federal law. I don't think it's because he's incompetent. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. Well, he probably does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and the reason I say that is because over the past month. KSA-TV 12 out of San Antonio has been investigating the relationship between the Bear County District Attorney there and what's called the Wren Collective, W-R-E-N, the Wren Collective, a criminal justice reform group that's based here in Austin. And they have incredible influence over uh, the current district attorney, Jose Garza. Mm-hmm. Well, they've now obtained uh, 400 pages of emails between, uh, well, between, uh, between Brand and Gonzalez. Uh, Jessica Brand is part of this uh, this collective, the Wren Collective, and uh, and Gonzalez, the DA down in in, in San Antonio, and apparently uh, some personal emails suggest that Brand played a larger role in the DA's office than Gonzalez had admitted. Uh, since the first report in January, Gonzalez had stated that the Wren Collective only provides messages and talking points, and then on February the twentieth, Gonzalez doubled down on the response when asked about his relationship during the Bear County Commissioner's Court hearing, and um, and Gonzalez answered, "I'll tell you." Uh, I'll tell you this entire court that nobody makes decisions outside my office. I'm the one that makes the ultimate decision. Nobody has any influence other than having had some messaging recommendations. Well, um, KSA-TV reached out to uh, the district attorney spokesperson, Pete Gallego, for a comment. And apparently the records show that on March the 20th, 2019, the same year Gonzalez took office, Brand, who was part of another third-party group called the Justice Collaborative, sent an email. Attached are a few policies, a conviction integrity unit policy, a combined, de, uh, what's it called? Uh, declination. A declination diversion policy for both drugs and non-drugs and bail reform. The diversion policy is almost entirely prosecutor-led and, um, and, 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 and basically is telling these progressive DAs how to conduct their business in a mission for restorative justice yeah. and bail reform. The way, he, the way he goes on there to say they could have quite an impact on the justice system in Bayer County. Yeah, the, the Bayer County DA is proud that he's let so many people out on PR bonds. He says it saved us a fortune because uh, we don't have to house these criminals. Well, you may have saved the taxpayers a little bit of money not keeping them in a jail, but you actually cost the society and our community so much more in the form of an unsafe community. That's right. Just look at the obituaries of all the young the young people of color and the women. Yeah, yeah, which Garza claims to care about, right? Well, in these emails, district attorneys from across the country also included in the Wren Collective, including DA... Jose Garza, of course, who's by the way facing a petition to be removed from office that rogue prosecutor's law. Well, there you go. Well, you know what? We may not get that. I mean, we he may get uh, primaried out. You know, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> or I mean, he may get to, he may get voted out. I should say uh, before uh, you know before anything ever happens. The Todd and Oz Show weekday mornings five to ten on News Radio KLBJ.
Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults aged 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ.